0: Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of All Cued at the Review Podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc, etc, etc. I'm your host Greg Dietz, with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Pretty
1: fucking fabulous. Pretty, 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 pretty good, as Larry David would say. Um, Gotta, you know, we had D&D, our... Monday and Tuesday night sessions this week. Both were a lot of fun.
0: Both were very good, yeah.
1: Um, yesterday, Wednesday, as of recording this, I got the uh, a, a figure that I had, uh, had on pre-order for well over a year uh, from Sideshow Collectibles. It's an Eric Graven Crow figure. Uh, has multiple hands, multiple guns. Uh, has the golden engagement ring on a string around his neck, you know, uh, all leather, like leather and cloth, actual clothing, uh, you know, because these are high-dollar fucking pieces, you know. Fortunately, they do payment plans, so I didn't have to dump all 300 dollars in one go, um, or I just wouldn't have it. Uh, but, yeah, I got that thing in yesterday, and it's fucking gorgeous. I love it. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, things have been going nice and smooth, been playing and learning overwatch too. Um, uh, getting better, you know, learning things here and there thanks to, you know, your advice and tips and stuff and yeah, I'll continue to get better and branch out some more and, but yeah, you know, things, things are, things are good. How's your week been?
0: Uh, it's been it's been all right i uh so um i kind of told you what happened on monday uh so right after our d and d campaign which went great i had a great time i was like that was that was fucking genuinely fun um uh i leave my room or i'm i'm starting to leave my room and i notice there is a um there's like a, a string of water coming into my room on the carpet. Like oh, no. it just looks like soaked carpet. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is this a thing? Um and I have to go pee real bad. Um so I Uh, I open the door, and I see that there's, like, a bunch of water in the hallway on the carpet. Now, it's not flowing water. It's just soaked carpet. And I, like, very soaked. And I look into the bathroom, and I notice that it's flooding. Like, somebody was in there. Well, just to nip that in the bud, it was my dad. Um, And he is... uh, Like, he's just in there, and I hear a lot of knocking around. And what that tells me is that he is... He's trying to clean up, right? Like he, something happened. Now, just for context purposes in this story, um, my toilet is somewhat old. Like we've lived in this house for, or this apartment for, uh, since I was in eighth grade. So we've been in this apartment for a long time. So um,
1: age of 13 roughly to now. Yes.
0: 26 years. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Yeah, Uh, that toilet has been here this entire time. It's never been replaced. There's been things in this house that have been replaced, but back when I was that young, um, one of the mistakes I made was just flushing the toilet and walking away. To which I hear my dad scream and yell and come upstairs, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this sucks." What happened? Was that the water had seeped through the floor and gone into our kitchen. Which caused us to have a, to clean up a ton. We had a guy come in and he put a bunch of seals in the bathroom and a bunch of seals on the floor. We cleaned everything up. Everything was fine. Well, I see the mess that was left by my dad, right? Um, keep in mind, I also, again, I have to pee real bad. And we have one bathroom in this apartment. Um, I go downstairs to see what's going on with mom. Because she's, she's not doing it. She's just sitting there. And she goes, we're going to have to clean all the fucking dishes. And I was like, what, why? And she goes, go look. And I go into the kitchen and she's just placed pans everywhere where water's dripping through the fucking floor. Ugh. And I'm like, why the fuck did this happen? How did it get this bad? Now, keep in mind. Remember what I said about the toilet being old? Yeah. It has always had a clogging issue. <laughs> like, since we moved in. It's never been a good toilet. Like, I don't want to go too much into detail, but I'll say, like, I've had a soft serve type poop, you know, something that could easily go down, and it's clogged the toilet. So we have a plunger on hand. Like, it's always ready to go because of that reason. Yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out why does dad flood the bathroom at least every other week? Why does this happen so often to him, right? Well, I figured it out. He's not standing up to flush the toilet. He does what he calls a courtesy flush. Because it clogs so easily. So he figures one thing at a time. Obviously wasting a ton of water in the process. But that's how it overflows. This particular night, it overflowed. He didn't notice it until it started flowing on the floor under him. His legs barely work. He had a really hard time standing up. So by the time he stood up and turned around, it was real bad. Ugh. And um, like I said, it seeped through the floor. It went into the kitchen. Like the carpet, I'm still, I'm going to work more on the carpet today. Like we have a, we have a shampooer in the house and I could only do so much night one. Uh... It was it was really bad, Maya. Like, so right after D D Monday night, I I told Dad I was like, because Mom was like, "Tell Dad you have to go pee." So I run upstairs and I'm like, "Dad, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. I need you to get the fuck out of the bathroom. I will take care of it. I just need to pee, and then I'm going to take care of everything." He goes, "I don't want you to do it by yourself." I was like, "Go downstairs and watch the fucking Raiders game. I will take care of this." So for the next hour and a half, I was just cleaning. Had to clean the whole kitchen, all the dishes in that in that particular set of cupboards. Yeah. The floor, the fucking counter, like everything had to be cleaned. That sucks. It was it was pretty fucking bad. And so I told Dad, I said, I go, I don't want an apology. I don't want to thank you. I just want you to promise me that you're not gonna fucking do courtesy flushes ever again. You're not gonna start flushing that toilet until you are standing above it.
1: I mean, so what's the point of it. a courtesy flush? when it's just you. Who are you being courteous to? A courtesy
0: flush is for a public restroom. I think in his mind what he, like he's calling it a courtesy flush but what he's doing is like one thing in the toilet bowl at a time can easily be flushed versus just but I'm like that never matters. Like like I said I've watched that thing clog with things in that can go easily down that drain. Like it's a bad toilet but this explains why he was flooding the bathroom for weekly. Hmm. That sucks. So it was it it was a lot, dude. I was like, so right after that, uh, you know, Tuesday rolls around and I had to wash like a bunch of fucking clothes that got soaked. Um and then what else did I do Tuesday? And then I just spent most of the day playing Overwatch 2. Uh because I've been really digging it. But um Yeah, yeah, we played for a little while. Uh the other thing I did this week was um because nothing happened yesterday and nothing's ha- happened. Like I worked. I had a moment on Saturday at work where I went I kind of went off a little bit. So this uh Friday, this woman calls and says, I have a twenty six footer to pick up. If you guys haven't figured out, I work at a place that rents out U-Haul trucks. It's not a U-Haul center. It, it just rent them out. The guy that I work for gets like 10% or 15% of every rental. Um, it's a thing. Anyway, uh, so uh, she calls on Friday evening or after, yeah, it, closer to the time we close. And she was like, hey, I have a 26-footer to pick up tomorrow. Like, am I in the system? Well, she was. She was in our system. I said that she was scheduled to pick one up to, on Saturday at like 9 a.m. And I went, okay, you're here. And I told her that. She calls around 11 a.m. on Saturday, wanting to wanting to push it back to noon, that she wasn't going to be there on time. I said, that shouldn't be a problem. Let me go into the system. Her name was gone. Just gone. What ended up happening was that U-Haul's traffic department went, okay, that that can be moved. Um, we're going to move that to a different location, and then give somebody who's technically closer to our facility the the J the sorry the twenty six footer. So I try to explain this to her. She gets all pissy, just super angry about it. I called yesterday to verify. I was like, yes, it was there. I'm telling you that it was there. It's not there anymore. And there's nothing I can do because we don't have any 26 footers. They are all gone for the day. And she goes, well, I like, she started demanding that we go to the Florin and road store and bring one to the facility we're at. And I explained to her, I was like, man, we are not a U-Haul center. We, we are a, um, I don't there's a name for what what we are. You're a third-party contractor for U-Haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I explained that to her and she's like, I don't care. You're a representative for U-Haul. And I was like, I'm not really a representative for U-Haul. I said, um, what you know, we just rent out the trucks. I can see the system because we're in it, but there's nothing I can do. I said, I can give you the number to our traffic department and you can give them a call. And see what's going on with that. And she was like, "I'm not calling another fucking number. I'm gonna do it." And she just, she just would not stop. She's like, "I want. I don't want to pay for gas. I don't want to pay for mileage. This is an inconvenience to me. I'm trying to help people who are here from uh, damage with Hurricane I, uh, uh, Ian." And I'm just like, "What the? That's in the other side of the fucking country. What are you doing? Like, how? Like, who are you helping in California with a U-Haul truck? Like, genuinely confused about that." but what the fuck she's talking about there. Um, Cause I'm sitting there thinking like the only thing that she could have done was that they brought all of their stuff to California, but now we're in a place where they needed U-Haul to move it to another location. Weird. Um, like, wouldn't you just bring it to the original place Anyway. Uh, so she's, she's going off in my ear and I'm trying to explain to her the details. I'm trying to do best customer services I can with what capability I can do. And she's demanding that I do all this stuff that I don't have access to. I don't have the ability to do. Our traffic department does, but I don't. Meanwhile, I got my boss, Steve, in my ear telling me what to say. You know?
1: Well, his advice, I mean, I know he's been in the game longer than you, but let's be fair, from the stories you've told me, his customer service record is
0: not admirable. Oh, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. So what he wants me to do is just say, "Ma'am, here's the number to our uh, department." Like even if she's still talking, I say it and then I hang up. I just hang up the call. Yeah,
1: in situations like that, you have to. I've
0: I've been there before. So, but what I'm trying to do in the situation is get her to understand. Now, if she continued to do this, I would have eventually hung up. I would eventually stop the call and just hung up. But What I had was Steven this year, just telling me what to say, constantly telling me, just say this and hey, just, and I'm trying to hear her. And at that point, after 10 minutes of this, it was too much. It was just straight up too much. I can handle a lot of customer service bullshit. I've been, I've been there for, I've been doing customer service. It's pretty much my entire job. Like I've never not had a customer service job. That was too much. So I literally took the phone away from my head, proceeded to hand it to Steve. And I just said very loudly, I'm so fucking frustrated. And I handed it to him. And uh, um, he, he just says, ma'am, there's nothing we can do. It's out of our hands. Our traffic department number is, gives it the traffic department number, have a good day. And just hangs up the phone. Somebody else calls back, he takes the phone and he says, You haul, can I help you? And some guy. And he was claiming that I cussed at her. And Steve goes, He didn't cuss at her. He cussed in frustration. That wasn't directed at her. He just said he was fucking frustrated. That's all he said. And he goes, Our traffic number is da 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 Have a good day. And hangs up. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you haul's gonna get mad at Steve. This is gonna be a problem. But Steve had my back, oddly enough. Um, he was just like, no, that shit, that shit sucks. Like you handle that as best you could. And I said, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. The reason that I got so fucking frustrated, the reason that I that I did that was because I had you in my ear while I had her in the other ear. I said, it was too much. It was, it was, it just kept happening and happening and happening and happening until that, that bottle overflowed. And he goes, he goes, I got you. I got you. And I said, that was the only reason that I blew up. I said, her getting upset and saying what she was saying, I said, I could handle that. I knew what to do. But you telling me what to do as if I was still brand spanking new was, was kind of too much. And he goes, I got you. He goes, I was just trying to help you out. He goes, I've been here for a long time. I've dealt with people like this. You just have to do, you have to give them the number and hang up." I said, I got you. I understand that. And I'll do that next time. But, you know, I was trying to help her out. I was trying to give her the information, but she just wouldn't, she just wouldn't stop. So he goes, he goes, just take a breather. What you need to do is go into the system, go to her account. Do you have her contract number? I said, yes, I do. And he goes, um, because I got her number and pulled up her contract number. He goes, you need to put a note in her, in her things, telling exactly what happened. So I did. We get a call from the AFM or the area field manager. And he's like, like, don't worry about it. Like, Traffic's going to do whatever they can to help her out. But at the end of the day, like, you know, that situation sucked. And your worker wasn't, you know, your worker didn't know what was going on. He wasn't prepared. And Steve goes, it's not that he wasn't prepared. It's that she just wouldn't let him speak. She just wouldn't listen to him. So. So that was that. We never heard from her again. We We never got a knock on our shit, so whatever but um yeah that was that one was rough uh
1: and it wouldn't have been so bad had she not been raising her voice and just running in circles
0: yeah like that that's what made it honestly really bad is that she was just demanding shit that i just don't i can't do i don't have access to that stuff we don't have access to that stuff Like, that's something that traffic has to do. Like, I'm sorry that you have to call another department entirely to get it situated, but that's, that's it. Like, I'm sorry. That's all we can do. Bye. And I was really trying to get to that point, but she just, I'm not calling another department. Oh my God. I can't call them for you. Sorry.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's something for our listeners, you know, we, You know, hopefully, uh, I know customer service situations can be very frustrating. Just always remember 98% of the time, it's just somebody on the other end doing their job and, you know, they're at their limits of what they can do. And they're just trying to help. Don't take it out on that individual. Sure. You can be upset,
0: but the individual isn't the one that caused it. That's, and that's just it. Also, like. When you're talking to somebody who's working at a department and you're upset about something, um, keep your calm. Because that person also understands that you're frustrated and angry. Like, I understood understood her position. She called Friday and verified that it was in our system. That, it, that she was picking it up at our location. Why traffic moved it, God fucking only knows. But they did. And now it's out of our hands. So her getting pissed off at me as if I had the capability of moving her back or doing something to help her out, I don't. And if the person on the other end says, I don't have access to that, but I know who does, let me get them for you. Or let me give you the number to call them. Just accept it. Because theres they're not lying to you. They're not just trying to get you off the phone. At least for the most part, they're not. I can tell you right now that if you go to a department store and you ask the worker there, like, can you go check the back? They don't have the product. If it's not out on the sales floor, they don't have it straight up. Um, not that this is the same situation, but because I can't count my how many times I got somebody going, well, check the back, check the back. If it's there, you know what happens when you ask a worker to go check the back?
1: to the bathroom.
0: Not none of I'd just go walk back there for five minutes, five, ten minutes, talk to somebody and then walk back out with nothing. Oh, I've done that too like it's like people don't realize that that's what that's what retail work is. It's you have to lie to people more often than not because people don't get it. So many people just don't understand. Like, obviously, this situation was a bit different, uh, you know, because there's, there's an added element of my boss. But um, there are, so, like, countless times I have had someone just be a complete piece of shit and not care. So, it's, it's like... Also, somebody... Oh. Oh. If you ask if there's a discount of some kind that a person that you can get and you're in your store, and the person that you've asked says nothing that I know of, stop pestering them about a fucking discount. It doesn't exist. You know what U-Haul doesn't have? Discounts for military or seniors. They don't have it. It doesn't exist. And if it does, they they there's they've never told us. Yeah. So um, but uh and that's happened too many times too. Like even when I was working DoorDash, you know, you have those customers that like to kind of be shitty. One of the things that people were doing for a long time with Doordash, I don't know how often it's happening now, I imagine it's still happening, but their food would get there, then they would call or contact DoorDash and say their food never arrived. Getting a refund. The problem is, is that when that happens, it then goes back on to the the worker. And they don't know it. They don't realize it. They don't care. So just, if you're going to consume, be a better consumer. That's all. Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about very briefly, because we took up a lot of time on the podcast talking about that shit, um, I did watch something that I would suggest everybody watch if you're into the MCU. If you like to keep up with the MCU and you want to know where characters are coming from and who they are and all that kind of jazz, watch Werewolf by Midnight. I thought it was Werewolf by Night. It's, be- we're- sorry, it is Werewolf by Night. I keep saying Midnight. Um... It introduces a couple, somewhat important characters to the Mar- to, to from Marvel comics into the MCU. Three characters, to be very specific. So I won't tell you who, but yeah, I need to check it out. I just haven't made time for it yet. Of some of these characters I have watched. Uh, um, mm, some of these characters. I have read in comics interact with certain characters that are my favorites. Um, I've seen one of them interact with Dr. Strange quite a bit. I've seen one of them interact with like like when Spider-Man's dealing with Blade and Morbius. So, you know, you want to keep an eye on that kind of stuff because you don't want to just be like, the fuck is this thing like out of nowhere. But with that out of the way, yeah, so go check out Werewolf by Night. It's great. It's also really fun to watch. Like it's just a fun little hour... You no. Know, Halloweeny type thing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I have to check that out.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's fun. It is mostly in black and white, just FYI. I say mostly because like the last maybe 5 minutes are in color. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but with all that out of the way, uh we have we're reviewing four things. As if you've been keeping up with the show, we've been doing that for almost Super two weeks now. Almost two months now. Um, we got uh, Rings of Power episode seven. We got House of the Dragon episode eight. We got Andor episode six, and She-Hulk finale. Um, we're gonna go backwards on this. Oh shit, we are. <laughs> you were not ready to go backwards, were you?
1: I mean, I just have to go from right to
0: left instead of left to right on my tabs. Well, the reason I want to go... Here's the thing. I thought we'd start with She-Hulk, go Andor, House of the Dragon Rings of Power, right? Okay. But realistically speaking, it doesn't matter because we're going to have a lot to talk about with each episode. That's true. So... um, I just want to talk about She-Hulk real bad.
1: All right, so episode nine is titled Whose Show Is This? and it opens up with an awesome fucking sequence that is set like the original Incredible Hulk TV show, Bill Bixby style from back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, but it's you know, obviously about She Hulk, uh, which was just great, yeah. And then she wakes up. Apparently she was dreaming and she is in the damage control uh, custody and is f- being forced to wear uh, an inhibitor as part of a plea deal to prevent her from turning into
0: She-Hulk and loses her job at G-O-K-N-H. So, So I don't think that was an inhibitor preventing her from becoming She-Hulk. I think that was a detection device if she did become She-Hulk.
1: Yeah, it was probably probably was. Um, She loses her apartment. She moves back in with her parents. Her life's falling apart. So she decides to go to Emil Blonsky's retreat to seek advice after failing to gather information on Intelligentsia and the Hulk King. So while she is traveling to Blonsky's retreat, Nikki successfully receives an invite from the Hulk King to join a private gathering after she uploaded a private video of Jennifer in her college days doing, you know, just embarrassing college kid stuff. And she asks uh, Pug to infiltrate the event. Pug attends the gathering, which also is taking place at Blonsky's Retreat. And they learn that Todd Phelps is the Hulk King. Jen arrives at a retreat and stumbles upon the gathering. Uh, Blonsky is also present as, in his abomination form, acting as a motivational speaker, though oblivious to intelligentsia's true goals. Jen confronts Phelps, who injects himself with a substance containing her blood, turning himself into a Hulk. A fight ensues as Titania and Bruce Banner Hulk also join in unexpectedly. Before you say the next part...
0: Before you say the next part, I literally was watching this with my dad and I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is happening?
1: I was saying that too.
0: <laughs>
1: Confused by what is happening in the scene, Jen breaks the fourth wall and conf- actually confronts the writers of the show. Uh, she walks into the writers room on the uh, Marvel Studios uh, properties. It's like, hey, what are we all thinking? What's going on here? You know, obtaining the blood it's so super soldier serum come on and uh, you know shit like that she's she's like i want who made this a t- decision and they're like oh it was kevin's decision and we as the audience are supposed to assume it's kevin faggy and she's like No, well, i'm gonna go talk to kevin
0: i want i want to i want to point something out about this do you watch did you watch with subtitles i on? watched
1: with subtitles and yes it was k period e period v period i was i was,
0: I was looking at that just going like what the fuck the fuck it why is it why is it abbreviated? I don't understand what's going on. This is, this is amazing. She, every time she'd say Kevin, it was a name. It was just
1: normal name Kevin. I was like, but That's when anybody name. else said it, it was the capitalized fucking uh, initials. So she barges into Kevin's office. Kevin is an artificial intelligence claiming to be in uh, charge of all Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline decisions. Jen persuades Kevin to rewrite the climax of the episode, to which it re- to which it reluctantly agrees. Upon returning to the show, she finds that Todd Phelps and Emil Blonsky have both been arrested: Blonsky for violating his parole, and Phelps for doxing. Essentially, uh, Jen returns home to celebrate with her family and also Daredevil, just because you know that was great.
0: She says a line in that that's so fucking funny, where she was like. Hulk smashes or uh, Bruce smashes buildings. I smash forth walls and and, uh, and occasionally Daredevil. Well, no, she, no that no. She, what she says is she goes and sometimes Matt Murdock. Yeah, That's how she said it, which made it even fucking better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, she returns. Uh, basically, she returns home. She's celebrating with her family at a barbecue. Matt's there, and then Bruce returns from Sakar and introduces his son Scar, which was pretty awesome. Uh, then, uh, sometime later she's regained her job. She's attending a court case against Phelps, advised to continue her work as, uh, both a lawyer and a superhero. And then we see in a post credit scene, Wong shows up and breaks Blonsky out of prison and takes him to Kamar Taj. He's like, is there Wi-Fi?" Oh yeah, there's wifi. He's like, is there a fridge? He's like, well, it's kind of a shared thing. <laughs> it's just cool little banter. So Blonsky, Violated parole, but went back to prison, but he's still well, free they even, he's hanging out with
0: Wong. In that post-credit scene, they even break the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. great.
1: Um, he's like, Oh, did you get another show? <laughs> but nowhere in like, the of, TV right now.
0: <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I, I mean, that's that's She-Hulk's comics in a nutshell. They're they're just meant to be fun. Um, what I think is so great about the show was breaking the fourth wall as it did it exactly like it does in the comics. Yeah. Um, there are, she she
1: has confronted, you know, John Byrne wrote in bulk of the comics in the eighties. She would confront Byrne and and call him. She's like, Hey Byrne, what gives with this? Why are you making me do this? You know, stuff like that. So, I mean, that's a callback to her actually confronting the writer in the comics back in the eighties.
0: Well, and, like, a lot of people would sit there and be like, I've read She-Hall comics. I don't remember her breaking the fourth wall. Well, she didn't do it as much in the, in the like, late 90s as she did in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, But she would still do it. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on who's writing it. But to me, that's that's something about her character that has always been the most fun, is her breaking the fourth wall. But what what's great about breaking, her breaking the fourth wall outside of the obvious is that... And when she would break the fourth wall in the comics, she would literally rip panels off. There was a villain that she was fighting where she couldn't, she was tired of his bullshit. So she just literally rips the panel off the fucking page and throws it into a trash can and, and then lights the trash can on fire. Like yeah. her breaking, like it going to the fucking menu screen for Disney Plus, the Marvel section of Disney Plus to be specific. Yep. Yep. And her kicking her own panel out and then kicking down, like, her doing that was so fucking comic book accurate, I was giddy.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was saying to Misty this morning. Um, This is the most faithful adaptation of comic to screen material that we've ever gotten. Like, Yeah. Nothing has come as close as this. And of course, Nick Beards are gonna fucking hate it.
0: Well, well I mean, they're gonna fucking di- hate it. They're they're directly also making fun of them. You know, before the the massive fourth wall break sequence, you know, there's the scene where they figure out who Intelligentsia is and they get in there and like they're directly making fun of them. Yep. And like full on South Park making fun of them. It's fucking fantastic. And you know they're of course they're gonna get mad of course they're gonna be pissed off at that because they're the butt of the fucking joke they are they are the like fanboys are the worst and here's the thing is that i've seen a lot of people already on twitter say like oh well she hulk never made fun of the fans
1: oh
0: hey incels are gonna incel what can i say true 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 um but like, and that's the thing about She-Hulk too, is that she also made like people like, how are they going to sit there and make fun of the writing of the Marvel movies and its own show? And I'm like, do you just not pay attention? Do people just not pay attention? They don't. Yes, yes, I know the answer to that question, but um, yeah, that's and that's like to me, that's what I always loved about the She-Hulk comics was that it ultimately just never really gave a shit they just did what they wanted to do because it was funny it was fun you know john Byrne said in an interview a long time ago the reason that i go to the extent of making she hulk the way that i made her was because people weren't taking her seriously to begin with even back in the 80s when she was created before she broke the fourth wall you got a lot of letters at marvel talking about how it's just a it's just a warm woman version of the hulk and yada like the same shit you're seeing right now on social media with she inside. didn't earn it and so John Byrne was like, I'm I'm gonna make fun of these fucking idiots. Yep. And he did. You know, and, and that's the thing is people go, Well, Stan Lee would have hated it. Stanley fucking loved She-Hulk, mm-hmm. Absolutely adored She-Hulk. Even claiming it was one of his favorite comics to read. Yeah.
1: And people were like so mad over her twerking back in that one scene. Stan Lee would be rolling over in his grave. Uh, Yeah, he created
0: uh, Stripperella. (laughs) So, but um, settle down. But within the episode, like her break, her going into the writer's room was so fucking funny. Also, they had a woman playing, I can't remember her first name, the main writer, uh, Gal. What the fuck's her first name? Oh, I closed my tab out, or I'd tell you. I had it in my head a minute ago, but uh, yeah, her, la- her last uh, name is Gao, and she... Jessica Gao. Jessica Gao, thank you. Uh, yeah, they had a woman playing Jessica Gao, and I was like, that's fucking funny. Because that's the thing about this. It's not our world's Marvel. Yeah. it's It's still the MCU's Marvel Studios, which is... Fucking meta and hilarious. Uh, but yeah, and I I, I I, can't speak highly enough, of this episode's perfect. Everything, every joke that landed, she even mentions the fucking X-Men.
1: Yes. She's like, when are we getting the X-Men? And they give a thumbs up and a wink to the camera.
0: He's like, I can't That's... tell you that. Ugh. So, like, it's so fucking refreshing to have a show that understands what the comic was. At least one run of the comic, I should say. And I do fucking love how it just pisses off the fucking incel armies. That's that's oh so satisfying. Oh yeah. So speaking of satisfying, what grade would you give this? A plus. An oh, easy yeah. A plus. I mean for me it's it's it turns into what Got me into She-Hulk in the first place. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always had a, like a, a crush on She-Hulk, right? It was like her and Rogue, and uh, a lot of green there and boobies. A lot of green and a lot of boobies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see it. But what made me love She-Hulk's comics so much? Fun because like I, she would she she would show up in other comics that I read. I didn't know who she was until I think she teamed up with. I think she just teamed up with the Fantastic Four.
1: She and, became uh, a member of the Fantastic Four for years. When uh, after Secret Wars, yeah, and, uh, because the thing got his own solo title and was right. off planet.
0: Uh yeah, because they needed that muscle. Um. But yeah, that's what I found out who she was. I started reading Sensational She Hulk, and I loved it. Like, I remember thinking it was so fucking funny, and that, that like all the fourth wall breaks were great. And also, I was at that age where like this was the early two thousands, so I'm reading a comic series that's old as shit. And like, um, and I remember her when she broke the fourth wall for the first time. I was I was surprised by that. I didn't understand what was happening. Um. And so when, like, it continued, I was just like, oh, she's talking to Rick Liz. That's so fucking funny. I think that's probably why I love fourth wall breaks. I also want to make some, a point here. If your critique of the show is, I don't like the fourth wall breaking mechanic, that's fine. That's one of the things that my dad can't stand about Deadpool. Like, he doesn't like fourth wall breaking. There was a show that they were, the, the sitcom, because my, my parents love sitcoms. And there was a sitcom they were watching with Maya Balik. The girl that was... Um, Blossom. Blossom, thank you. I couldn't remember the show. I know she did a show when I was younger, but... Um, where the show would literally pause and she would face the camera and break the fourth wall and talk directly to the audience. My dad hated that. It wasn't that it wasn't funny. He just doesn't enjoy fourth wall breaking stuff in shows. Um, hmm. So if that's your complaint, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not your bag. If your complaint about the show is that the CGI not being finished is is off-putting, that's a legit complaint. I understand that. Like, Scar didn't look his best. (laughs) But, you know, one thing the show does that, or this particular episode did that was really clever in regards to that is it made fun of how marvel handles its vfx department there's literally a line where he makes a comment about how she's very expensive and that she needs to transform off camera because the vf vfx department's already moved on and then you hear the wakanda theme for like a second
1: i didn't pick up on that
0: oh yeah you hear like if you watch the scene again you hear uh drums like Mm. yeah um there are a ton of little jokes like that that are so fucking smart. And people are like, oh, it's not funny. well, it's not funny to you. It's funny to a lot of other people. Like, and I think I've said this to you my a thousand times. My brother, Josh, does not like She-Hulk. When I was reading She-Hulk, he couldn't stand it. He just didn't enjoy it. He even said to me very recently before She-Hulk had aired, like, I'm not watching it. And I was like, then don't. Like, I've never been upset with him for not wanting to watch She-Hulk. So if you're watching this show and you're hating it, why are you continuing to watch it? Just for that quick reference to you know, Scar or uh, Daredevil or something like that? Well, you're torturing yourself. You're just, you're, just, you're just making it worse for yourself and no one else. But for me, for other people... This was perfect for the writers of She-Hulk. The comics love this show. A lot of them have spoken publicly about how great this show is, including Steve Byrne.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to give this episode an A Uh, plus. It was strong. It was so true to the spirit of the comic. So true to the spirit of the character. Genuinely funny. Clever, well done all around. Give me more of this shit in a show. Give me another season of it. I'm I'm ready for it. I enjoyed it very very much. Um,
0: I'm glad to hear that because I know that comedy and superhero stuff isn't always something you enjoy too much. So
1: it depends on the situation. Sure.
0: No, I agree. It depends
1: on the situation.
0: Um, but
1: she's always been more of a comedic thing historically. Well, not, not like yucks for the sake of yucks. It's clever and it's fourth wall breaks,
0: you know? Um, I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I'll, I'll make a little bit of a disagreement with you just cause you know, I can, I would argue that she is comedy for the sake of comedy. And I say that only in the context that um she how do I put this nicely? she's meant to be funny. That's why I'm saying that. Like her comics are meant to be comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh cause I always have this argument that like I don't like certain games because they're like made to be difficult for the sake of being difficult. But for the sake of She-Hulk, I think it's comedy meant to be for the sake of comedy. So, but it does have a does have a message like good comedy should, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I'm I don't disagree with that.
0: But but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. I, oh my god, highly highly recommend it. I, and that's the thing, like if you're going into this not knowing what you're getting, you're getting a comedy show, <laughs> just just flat out like. It was like before uh, Ragnarok had come out, and I'm sure you saw this too before seeing Ragnarok, Maya, was that uh, Taika Waititi was at like an interview, and he was like, people are worried that uh, Thor Ragnarok is going to be a comedy. Is it a comedy? He's like, yes, it's a comedy. I wrote it as a comedy. It's meant to be a comedy. Um, same, same for this show, 100%. So go into it expecting a comedy. Whether you find it funny or not, that's your discretion. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's not meant to be a superhero They even make fun of that. They even make fun of that, Maya. God, I love this show. That's that. I also want to point something out before we continue, before we move on to the next thing. Um, And I've said this on this podcast before, and I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face. Comedy is subjective. Mm -hmm. And... I don't say that to just be a contrarian. I say that because when talking about comedy, when talking about what comedy is and, and if you find something funny or not, um, when you watch a thing, let's say you watch this new show that just came out and you go, man, this shit is really funny. And then somebody else goes, this is really bad. This is cringy. It's not funny at all. How could anyone find this funny? That's going to feel like shit. So why do that to somebody else? Why make somebody else feel like shit because you don't find the thing funny? Like, just be cool about it. Just express, oh, I just don't find it funny. It's not my It's not my brand. Like we do when it comes to Taika Waititi.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've tried and tried. I just can't do it.
0: But That's I'm not fine. saying he's not talented. He's immensely talented. He's making movies, I'm not. <laughs> that doesn't always mean someone should be making movies, but yeah, I get your point. No, no. But yeah. I mean just just I be just... fucking cool about it. Like otherwise these shows are gonna make fun of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't be a neckbeard incel. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Andor episode six. Oh,
1: another fandom that's full of neckbeard and sills.
0: I mean, let's be honest. uh, Fucking (laughs) Game of of Thrones and Lord of the Rings are having the exact same amount of neckbeards.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. All right. So this was episode six of Andor. It's called The Eye. Oddly enough, episode uh, seven of Rings of Power is also titled The Eye this week. It's crazy. What really? Yeah.
0: Wow. I did not catch that.
1: I did, I did. So uh episode six of Andor, the Eye. Aided by Gorn, the rebels successfully infiltrate the garrison by posing as an escort squad for Commandant Jold Bihaz, Gorn's superior. They take Bihaz's family as hostages and force him to give them access to the garrison's payroll vault. While loading the credits onto an Imperial freighter, they're caught by Imperial forces, and in, ensu- in the ensuing firefight, Terraman and Lieutenant Gorn are killed. Uh, also, Bihaz appears to have a heart attack, and, you know, uh, Senta is unable to make it onto the ship because she's the one that has Bihaz's family captive in the control room. So the only people to make it on the ship are Cassian, Skeen, Vail and Nemeck. During their escape from Aldani, the cargo of the payroll uh, crushes Nemeck as they are trying to make their escape. Uh, they land on another planet to treat his injuries, but he succumbs to them. While Vail is looking after Nemeck, Skeen proposes to Cassian that they leave Vail behind together and split the payroll between them. Cassian kills Skeen, fearing for his life and disgusted by Skeen's selfishness. He tells Vale about the conversation and informs her that he plans to take his portion of the payroll—the amount that, uh, what's his name, Stellan Skarsgård's character, uh, Luthen. Luthen, yeah, I was like Luthen, Luthen Rail. The amount that Luthen had promised him as payment, and leave everything else to her. Back on Coruscant, Luthen hears the news of the theft and quietly celebrates
0: um this show is too much fun oh yeah um also this was this episode was in fucking tense
1: i was getting ready to say that exactly it was very intense this episode was the payoff for the slow build-up for the past two episodes was there
0: sometimes a show just needs to you know needs that build to to get there like I know that people are saying that Game of Thrones, or sorry, that that uh, House of the Dragon is also slow, but we'll get to that in this episode, this last episode. Is great. The same with Andor. Um, not that I haven't enjoyed any of Andor, because I've enjoyed every episode up to the, like, everything's been great up to this point. Um, waiting through everything has been so, it was so fucking worth it with this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah and the effects were incredibly well done. Uh, Oh yeah. That fucking, whatever that cosmic, that, that, uh, was, you know, whatever that event was that was causing it. That was really cool. Oh yeah. And then you see a tie fighter pursuit when they're trying to make it, make it out with this fucking just very sluggish freighter. And they got these nimble tie fighters on their asses and, you know it was intense,
0: him getting like uh was it Namic? was his name Namic? nimic name? N- um him getting crushed was heartbreaking, yeah, uh you know, like he was he was such a cool character, and he had such this like positivity about him, and him getting killed was like, oh, I was like, ah, but that's the thing i I think I told my dad I said that's like this heist." Is going to go belly up at some point. Like, they're going to be successful, but it's going to go belly up. And it did. <laughs> For the most part. And I was like, someone's going to die. And Dad's like, oh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to die. And I was like, hmm, about that? Hmm. But yeah, I fucked, dude. I, <sighs> such a fucking great episode. Like, And this, I want to point out that this is my problem with the Obi-Wan show versus Andor's. Both of them are prequels. They take place before the respective story that, you know, the character comes from. But my problem with Obi-Wan was that the stakes didn't feel high. This show spent six episodes. uh, I guess technically.
1: Well, the first three episodes were him getting away from uh, the planet that he was on. And these past three episodes have been him accepting the job and taking and performing the job, building up to the job.
0: Well, it, it allowed us to get to know these characters well enough to when they die or when something happens, it's shocking or sad. Um, that's my point. Is that yeah, yeah? Kenobi never took that time. It never gave us characters for that. To be honest, like there was nothing. Co- there was nothing consequential. Of, not consequential. Uh, yeah, consequence. Yeah, there's no consequences build it up, built up in an Obi-Wan where there are an Andor. So if you're going to do a prequel, this is this to me is how you do it correctly.
1: Um, and, and I wouldn't even call Obi-Wan a prequel because it takes place in between the prequels and the original trilogy. I'd call it more of a bridge than anything.
0: We could do what the Borderlands didn't call it, the pre-sequel. There we go. <laughs> but regardless, like, I say prequel just because like, we know the fate of all those characters. We, yeah, know, we yeah. only know the fate of one character in the show. I guess technically two if you count Mon Mothma. Um, but even in that even in that context like sorry about the garbage truck outside my window which I'm sure I was, was
1: wondering doing. what that was.
0: Um, but even then she's not such an integral part. She's just there to kind of show what the Senate is doing you know, like, what it's like to, you know, from that perspective. And we don't see her a ton. We've seen her, what, a grand total of maybe five minutes of six episodes?
1: Yeah, yeah, not much. Um, you know, and how and ultimately, 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 she is the leader of the Rebel Alliance, so hopefully we get to see more of that come into play of how she becomes the face
0: of the Rebellion. Yeah. Uh. But that's what I love about this show is the stakes feel raised. I was nervous this entire episode because I didn't know who was going to die. I didn't know if they were going to succeed. Like, There were so many aspects to it that I was just like, the only character we know that's making that. This is Andor. That's it. That's fucking it. And I love it. Fucking love that it's doing that. Yeah. Um, well, to make this episode not go you know, two hours, um, I'm going to go ahead and just give this episode a fucking A+.
1: All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else we can say about it without spooling the absolute shit out of it, even more than we already have. Uh, It's beautifully shot. It's incredibly well acted. Uh, It's intense. It it keeps you on the edge of your seat. This episode also gets an A plus for me.
0: is wonderful. Yep. Uh, When I feel like legit anxiety for characters in a show, you've done an excellent job. So. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's Andor. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, House of the Dragon episode nine. No, sorry, uh, episode, actually, episode, episode eight. eight, The I Lord Bet. of the Tides. I was reading, um, I was reading my my uh, next week notes on accident. <laughs> oh, no, that happens, it happens. So uh,
1: we get yet another time jump, and this is six years later.
0: The biggest time jump we've had, arguably.
1: Well, the one was t- uh, uh, episode six was 10 years after episode five.
0: Oh, that's right yeah that was 10 years my bad
1: but this is the second largest this one's six years so all in all from the begin, from the very first episode to this episode it's been 19 or 20 years spanning i love it yeah yeah so six years on uh lord corliss valerian the lord of driftmark is severely wounded fighting in the stepstones His brother, Sir Vaymond, petitions King's Landing to name him as Corlys's heir, proclaiming Rhaenyra's son, Lucerys, illegitimate. Rhaenyra and Daemon return to the capital to defend Lucerys's claim. They find King Viserys is bedridden, disfigured, and mentally muddled. Queen Alicent and Sir Otto Hightower now oversee all royal matters. Alicent covers up Prince Aegon raping a handmaiden. Rhaenyra proposes two marriage arrangements to gain Princess Rhaenysa's support. She also implores Viserys to defend her succession, quoting Aegon the Conqueror's dream about the prince that was promised. As Vaemon's petition is presented at court, Viserys, barely ambulatory, enters the throne room and declares Lucerys the Driftmark heir. Daemon then beheads Vaemon, well, it didn't quite totally behead him, his lower jaw was left on top of his neck but the rest of his head have you seen it's that cut. meme
0: very clean cut which meme
1: oh I'll show you it's a meme with just the top half of his head it's fucking awesome and that's okay. all it is it's just the top half of his head <laughs> uh, Damon beheads Vaemon, uh when he denounces Renera as a whore and her children bastards Family appears to reconcile during a feast, but after Viserys leaves, Aemond incites a fight with insinuations about Rhaenyra's three eldest sons' true paternity. Viserys, near death, mutters parts of the uh, parts of Aegon the Conqueror's Dream, which Alicent believes refers to her son, Aegon. Alicent's lady-in-waiting, Tayla, is secretly providing Damon's former mistress, Messaria, with information. And, yeah. Man, they pack
0: a lot into these episodes. They do, and and that's, you know, just like we were talking about with, with Andor, the show, like, it's given us so much to care about and to accept, to when things happen, you're like, oh, um, this was fucking fantastic. The whole episode was just so interesting and intricate, and it was just, it, it's it is convoluted, but in the best way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so many little things happening and so many things going on. Like, um, what is uh, the, the kid that uh, got his eye taken out?
1: Aegon. Aegon.
0: Aegon, okay. I thought it was Aegon. I just wasn't, I didn't want to be like, Aegon,
1: Like, him. No, no, of, no, 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 not Aegon, Aemond.
0: Aemond, got it, okay. Yeah. So I was wrong. Um, Aemond becoming, like, this stoic badass was exactly what I was hoping for like he's a piece of shit. You know, he was a piece of shit when he's a kid, now he's a piece of shit as like a young adult. And I'm like that's what I wanted to see. That's that's and like I want to see Renera's kids be more I want I I am glad that we're seeing them become a better people, you know,
1: than Yeah. than Allison's kids. Than Allison's kids. Yeah, like she's raising cunts. Oh, yeah. She herself is one, so... Well, yeah, she became one. Like, she became... Early on in the series, she was likable, but now she is just downright detestable. Which is, like... And then Damon, you know, he
0: had a character switch, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always liked his character, though. (laughs) Even though, hey, it's still incest. It's gross, but, you know...
0: Well, you know, you... uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, Game of Th- that's that's Game of Thrones in a nutshell. Like somebody made a joke online that was like um well, it was something along the lines of like uh Game of Thrones didn't have incest right away, but it got there eventually and it's better for it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh but uh yeah, I just I, I also love the, like, slow descent of of um, King uh, Viserys, Viserys himself.
1: Oh, my God. There ain't much of him left.
0: Well, he's dead now. Well, yeah. Sorry for I'm, the spoiler for shows that we're talking about in the middle of the season. Um, it's like,
1: you know, when they visit him... He's in the bed and he's all bandaged up and everything. And we knew that he had lost a big chunk of his left arm. or um, we see his withered ass stump of an arm. You know, we see his fucking just infection filled body falling apart. His face is heavily bandaged. He's wearing a golden mask when he goes to dinner. He takes the mask off and like the, it's two face. It's you nasty. Know, it's, it's fucking he's, nasty. His right eye is completely gone. Uh a big portion of his right cheek is completely gone. So you can see inside of his mouth when he's talking. And I wish they had given a shot of him like eating or drinking or something through that fucking mouth. That would have been awesome.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of fucking work though for a VFX, VFX department, though. So I get why they didn't. Um he uh He's an interesting character to watch. By the way, did you go and find out if he had a sickness before cutting his finger?
1: I'm pretty sure. Uh, I am not. I didn't go back and check, but I will double check. But I'm pretty sure that they showed before the finger prick that he was actually being treated on his back for a spot in the first episode.
0: As I don't uh, remember that at all. All I remember is them like focusing on the finger prick. Because I remember the shot. I remember how they how they filmed that shot. They were like, he cut his finger, looks at it, and then like that was it. Um and Dude, it, was like, it started from his arm too.
1: The guy that plays Viserys, Patty Considine. Do you know what I've seen him in? What's that? He was in hot fuzz. <laughs> he was he was one of the detectives known as the Andes. No way. Yes, way. No
0: way. Yes, he was. Oh, that's awesome. I know that he was in an interview recently and told them that uh, George R. R. Martin messaged him and said, "You, you, um, you play Viserys better than I wrote him." Yeah, he's done a phenomenal job.
1: But I was looking at it and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's one of the Andes, isn't it?" And I looked it up, and sure enough, yeah, he was in Hot Fuzz.
0: Oh, that's funny. Um uh, what was I gonna say? Why can't I find him on IMDB? Where are you, Patty? What it's in P-A-D-D-Y,
1: the P A D D Y not P A T T Y. Yeah, I know
0: I put in the, the woman's name. It's short for Patrick. Thanks, Maya. appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else to add to the episode. I mean, there's so much that happened. I know that the um, uh, Corliss's family, the uh, Valerians, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be some fucking shit here real soon with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the granddaughters are being married off to Rhaenyra's sons.
0: We'll see how much peace that actually lands to land because, like, fucking Damon killed her fucking son right in front of her face. It wasn't her son. I thought that was no.
1: That was that was uh, Corliss's brother.
0: Oh, that was that was her brother-in-law. I thought she
1: only had the two children. Mm -hmm. She had Lanar and Lena, and Lena was the one who. Died during childbirth when she got roasted by her dragon. And Lanar, uh, Lanar, uh faked his own death and fled with Sir Carl to find happiness across the narrow sea.
0: There is Patty Constantine. Um, he was also in that world's end. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that took me forever to fucking find him. Yeah, I just, uh, this show is really, like, really well constructed. I, I think I said this a while back that you, like, my dad's never watched an episode of Game of Thrones, never watched an episode, but he's really enjoying fucking uh, House of the Dragon.
1: Has it made him want to actually watch Game of Thrones?
0: Not really. Oh, Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you can enjoy it as it is. You don't have to have the other eight seasons of another show. Uh, And that's cool because even though they are tied together, it's still
0: its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's enough context. Like it's, it's, it's a self-contained show. Like, does it help to know the Targaryen name a little bit? Does it help to know that they can, that they can, uh, uh, not control dragons, but um, I guess Pretty control much bond, dragons bond with them. Yeah, um, but they're the only ones, sure. But the show tells you that anyway. Like, it doesn't just hold that information from you. So. Like, this, you can watch the show without watching Game of Thrones and still really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no but reason it, to lose your head over it. I see what you did there. Yeah. he can keep his tongue. Um, keep his tongue. That was uh,
1: just a cold-blooded fucking line. I loved it. I'm pouring water for anyone curious. And like He's peeing water. in a bottle because we don't take breaks here. Nope. Um, what, <laughs> what grade would you give the episode? A plus. It was phenomenal seems fucking wonderful uh once again we have been given a fabulous week of entertainment and all the things that we have watched stellar writing stellar cinematography stellar acting just fucking wonderful across the fucking board and the show didn't let up either so yeah, yeah a fucking plus
0: wholeheartedly agree. I think Matt Smith is a fucking powerhouse when it comes to acting in any scene. Uh, arguably, every single fucking actor in this. The only one I would argue that is not the best, and 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 it is the tiniest fucking like. It. it I shouldn't even be saying it. Really, it's so small. But the uh, the woman that does play the um, Valerian Queen right now, her her husband was Corliss. Oh yeah. She the has old... a couple yeah, she has a couple moments in the show where I'm just like, "Ooh, that was a bit rough." But other than that, um yeah, she plays Renice. I can't think of the actress's name off the top of my head. I already closed yeah. my tab out. Because that's the funny thing about her as an actress is that like 80% of the time, she is fucking perfect, right? And then there's that 20% of the time where she's trying to act stoic, like you know that there's some emotion behind her her scene, mm-hmm. but it's not coming through as well as I think she'd want. Yeah. Like she's not delivering her lines just right. Cause there's other actors that do the same thing in the show, but hers aren't as convincing. So, and she had that a couple times in this episode, but not enough for it to not to lose a grade. So yeah. Um, Tell me you what I, you're saying. Yeah. Uh, she's still fucking great. Like she's still phenomenal. I mean, shit, she's a fucking better actor than most, but still um but yeah, also a plus so uh yeah don't don't skip out on this show because the ending of Game of Thrones was like left a sour taste in your mouth don't do that you're you're missing out and you're you're it's it's a detriment to you as a as an entertainment watcher, yeah, but let's go ahead and move on to uh rings of power rings of power episode
1: seven also titled the ah. Uh- uh, the surviving villagers flee the burning Tir- Tir-Hirad. Queen Muriel loses her eyesight uh, after her and silder and Isildur's friend, whose name escapes me for the moment, uh, rescue some survivors from a burning building. Uh, it collapses and silder is presumed dead. But we know it's Isildur. He's not dead. He's just missing. Yeah. Uh, but Queen Muriel promises Galadriel more Numenorean support. Galadriel escorts a wounded Halbrand to Linden for elvish medicine uh, because he suffered a nasty wound in his torso. Uh, Elsewhere, Nori's caravan finds their destination grove has been destroyed by the eruption of Mount Doom. The stranger's attempt to mend a tree appears to fail, and he leaves. But the next day, the entire grove has regrown. While the Harfoots rejoice, they encounter a mysterious trio who are in search of the Stranger. After a failed attempt by Nori to mislead them to another direction, the trio burns the Harfoots' caravan. Realizing the danger, they set off to warn the Stranger. Meanwhile, in Kazadoom, Elrond offers a deal for the Dwarvish Mithril, but King Durin Third declines, saying that the Elven Age has ended. As Elrond departs, Prince Durin witnesses Mithril's ability to cure the elven blight in a leaf. He brings Elrond back and begins to mine for the ore himself, and just as he strikes a large Mithril vein, King Durin arrives. He banishes Elrond and strips Prince Durin of his royalty and seals the Mithril mine, not really realizing that a Balrog has been awakened below. And then we see a clip of the Southland being renamed
0: Mordor. So fucking cool this whole up. Oh my god, everything about it.
1: The relationship with Elrond and Duran is fucking wonderful. Durin fucking sobbing like a baby when he's like, you know, you've you've condemned my friend to death. He is drowning, and I'm just trying to reach out and save him, and you are condemning him to death. And that was just very emotional. I love to see that.
0: There there's a really like like cause that's the thing during this entire show yeah. has been for more or less the comic relief, right? Yeah. <coughs> I love Duran to death. Like he's like, arguable like not even arguably, he is my favorite character, the whole show. Like if 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 Durin's not in an episode, I'm upset. Um, even though last week's was really good and it didn't have Duran, or no, it did. The week where they had the battle um in the Southlands. Um that was last week. Was that last week? Yeah, I thought there was no Durin. There was no Durn last week, because the the them, it was the week before when they had that big dinner, and Durin's like that's a sacred stone. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, I just I love him to death. So the scene with him and his father, and like he takes off that that thing around his, his neck, crest, his, his crest, yeah, and he goes to pick it up, and and King Durin's like, drop it. That doesn't. That's not but, yours anymore. That yeah. I was like, oh. That's so, that's so sad, but I fucking did. It's, it's incredible. It's fucking incredible. And King Durin's going to yeah. look like a fucking fool too. Here, here soon. Here, oh soon. yeah. I also thought it was so fucking sad that the, the queen of the name I don't remember her name. Um, Muriel. Muriel. Like the second that she goes like, are we out of the smoke or something like that? are we beyond the smoke
1: or yes yeah, she she says how much further to the camp and and uh that's when a father uh his name escapes me for the moment uh a lindir lindir yeah he says it's just across the next rise and when do we leave the smoke
0: and uh, yeah. when that when she said that, I looked. I looked at my dad and I went, "Oh, she's blind." And dad yep. was like, dad goes, "How are you sure that she's blind?" And I was like, "Do you see how blankly she's staring into the distance, and she's not looking directly at anybody when she speaks?" Yep. And he was like, he was like, "Oh shit, she is blind." And that's when that's when this father figured that out. And I was like, "Told you, I fucking told you." Yeah, he's was like so a mile sad.
1: back. She's like, "Don't tell anybody yet." Uh, this this show—it's so good, and I don't understand the hate from the purists. I really don't.
0: It's the same thing that you're always going to get with any kind of adaptation. I mean, that's all this is. It's 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 hate from it's hate from a certain group. Because let's yeah. be honest, even a people small who, group, very small. Yeah, uh, even people who. Love the Lord of the Rings books and the Cimmerillion and the additional shit that his son wrote. Like they're enjoying the show, or they're speaking out how much they enjoy the show because they understand that it is not it is not an adaptation of or it's not a, it's not a prequel to the books, it's a prequel to the movies. Mm-hmm. And that knowing that it's a prequel to the movies helps accept like the stuff that doesn't. Makes sense to your preconceived notions, and for that I, I I commend them. I commend the show. I commend how much, like how enjoyable it is. Um, you know, there are some really intense moments when Gladriel and uh, the boy, the fuck's his name, Theo, Theo, are like in that fucking hole, and the orcs are just right above their head. I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, oh my god.
1: And I like how, you know, she leaves her sword with him. It's like, you know, keep this, learn to use it. You're going to need it, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, that's that a really, great. really well done episode. I mean, even more, that, these these recaps, they're not running down scene for scene everything that happens. I mean, there's obviously a lot more that happens, but, you know, it gives you, in a nutshell for the most part what happens but there's a lot of things in detail that's left out like the, his whole distraught search for his mother you know uh, when the injured her uh, uh, being transported back to the Numenorean camp you know it's, it's it was uh, emotional it was, it was well done you know, everything about this show has just been well done. You know, but I'm I'm on board with you. I absolutely love the relationship with Elrond and Duran.
0: Uh, I could watch a whole show of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, easily.
0: But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and and, and give it a grade and wrap it up. Uh, what, what do you give it?
1: Oh, uh, also an A+. Plus. Oh, fuck, everything was stellar this week. and This oh, one yeah. was
0: no different.
1: This is really really good i can't wait until <laughs> tomorrow's episode to watch it in the morning you know uh
0: it's the finale
1: right yes
0: yeah yeah i thought so
1: the season finale tomorrow morning oh man that's crazy I, I, you know and I wonder how it's going to go down you know i'm i'm curious and you know it's going to leave us on a cliffhanger
0: i'll just uh, help it out here and say that uh I've I mirror your entire sentiment um, a plus of the show. And I'm also very like after work tomorrow, I'm going to be like, all right, dad <laughs> game of Thrones finale. Oh no, game of Thrones. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Greg, Jesus rings of power finale. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Hell yeah. Well, all right. That does yeah. it for those. Yeah, that's um. well next week. Like that's gonna do it for us this week, blah, blah, blah. You know how this goes, everybody. Uh next week we're gonna be doing the Rings of Power finale. It's very excited. Episode nine of House of the Dragon, which I think we have two more episodes of. Two more, yeah. It goes eleven total? Ten. Is it ten? I thought it was eleven.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Eight of Rings of Power, ten of uh House of the Dragon, and twelve of Andor, which will be on episode seven of Andor.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. So it's yeah. So Rings of Power, uh, House of the Dragon, and or the new episodes, yada, yada, yada. Um, we will be doing, because I know that if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, we every year we do Mike Flanagan's new show. So I think not next week, but the following week we're going to watch that, since we'll only have two shows, two episodes of a show to watch. And then we can do Midnight Club as well, because we got to. We got to. It's Mike Flanagan. Um, uh that being said, uh, make sure you follow us on all socials listed below. That's where you'll find if we add anything to the show, which I doubt we will. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead and follow those. Uh, blah, 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 Check out the Teespring store. If you're looking for merch or something, it's getting, it's getting chilly outside. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, fall and winter gear on the Teespring store with our cartoon faces on them. Um, also if you do decide to buy something and, uh, you want to show off the picture, let us know. We'll give you a thanks. We'll, we'll and if you want, if you want, we'll share your picture and, and uh, mention it on the podcast. Um, and all proceeds from that go directly into the podcast. So uh, uh, let's see. Uh, if you want to watch today's uh, podcast live, the, the, the video version, uh, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. I should be editing and, and, and uploading some clips from us doing uh Jackbox uh, the past uh, two weeks. I meant to do that for the last week, but whatever. Um, speaking of that, also follow uh, twitch.tv slash because I and I have been doing Jackbox streams um, every once a week. Uh, last night was a little shorter, but there was reasons behind that. Uh, this, upfall, this upcoming week on the 20th, when Jackbox Party Pack 9 comes out, we'll probably be doing a little bit longer of a stream. Um, but that's also because we get to go back to recording on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Kevin Feige and She Uh Thanks for a great show, really. That's, that's ultimately what I. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we're going to be doing that October 20th around 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, Twitch.tv slash Uh That's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook under my name Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile, and it's linked to both my Twitter and Instagram accounts. So it's your one-stop shop for everything I'm up to. And what about you, Greg? Where can people
0: find you? Uh you can follow me on uh, Chubrock Geek on all socials. Um, I usually say like, "Oh, I'm doing I'm doing uh, re- solar reviews for the for the YouTube channel," but I'm probably not going to be doing those much anymore. I just don't have the fucking Not willpower, but uh, not desire either. I don't know. There's something there. Anyway. I might do one. Who knows? (laughs) Lack of motivation. A little bit, yeah. Um, Because I just got other things going on that I'd rather do. That's all. That's really all that is. Uh, But yeah, that's it. Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and Door. That's uh, that's what we're reviewing next week. Um, Also, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA wholeheartedly donate and help where you can people need help especially in florida there's ways to donate to help those people as well um we'll see you next week take care everybody